Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. I'm supporting all my favorite Bay Area teams. Who are you rooting for? From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casinos as well. They never close. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Paulina Edmonds. And today's episode, I'm going to be talking to my good friend, Nam Nguyen, figure skater from Canada. We've basically grown up together in the international ranks, ran around all these competitions together. Um, We've got a lot of stories to share today. How are you doing, Nam? Hey, Paulina. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm doing all right. I'm just getting back in the swing of things. But uh, yeah, no, other than that, uh, just out here chilling and trying to live my best life. That's what I like to hear. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, let's kick things off. COVID. <laughs> How long were you off the ice? And, you know, what did you do during quarantine? Yeah. <laughs> I've been, I think I was off the ice for two and a half months. Um, never before have I taken that much time away from skating and what I did during quarantine, like, I think the first bit of it, I did nothing, uh, just because I was a little depressed with worlds and stars and ice being canceled and kind of just like the whole build up towards the end of the season, just kind of felt like it had no purpose to it, or that's how I felt. But then after that, I started to think like, oh, I should probably be trying to get moving and get ready for, you know, the day that we do get back on the ice. Um, Was that successful? Not so much just because (laughs) it was harder than expected. Now we're back on the ice and I'm happy. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) What was, what was hard about kind of getting back into the swing of things? It was more mental than physical, I think. And it also didn't help that on my first day back, I expected to be like, in the same shape that I was going into Worlds. So my first session back, I had made a plan to go up to Triple Axel. That clearly did not work. I, I only went up to Triple Loop. The way I went about it was just throwing myself into it. And so I think that kind of left um, a little bit of a weird impression in my mind for a really long time after that. And I kind of forgot about technique and, and all that stuff. I think like the first, I would say month and a half, it was really difficult for me to find my rhythm again, just because I completely ruined it by just thinking that I can throw myself into these jumps without being calculated um, and all that. So definitely was a a huge mental challenge. Um, Now, if I didn't have a brain, I probably would have been able to get along with it fine. But um, yeah, it was not really fun, but we're getting better now. So it's good. Wow. Yeah. You get back and you're like, what? what is even happening? Uh, I especially remember when I, when I took time off, like not specifically for COVID, but for 
my foot injury and I came back, it was right. yeah. so weird stepping on the ice again. And in some ways it felt like I'd never left. Like it felt like, yes. you know, riding a bike, but then in otherwise it was just a lot of my muscles. I wasn't used to moving them the same way. So I was sore, like just doing crossovers. Yeah, no, for sure. Just doing basic four crossovers is for me was like a huge challenge because um, you know, before the break, you, you don't really think about those things, but I'm glad that all of that struggle is, is behind me now. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Well, that's really good to hear that you got through it and you're flying now, you know? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So when I was growing up in skating, I took some consultation lessons from skating greats as well as my own coach, David Glenn, who taught me all of my technique. Um, but I worked with Christy Ness, Sasha Fideev, and Frank Carroll. Um, while I was going probably around like the age of 10, like all the way through my career. Who did you work with slash consult with and what kind of qualities did they help you with? Yeah, so for me, it was a little bit different than, than the way you grew up. I kind of just grew up with, you know, the coaches that I've worked with for a long period of time. So I started out my career with uh, Kevin Bercy out in Vancouver um, and he was the one that kind of got me into the sport and introduced me to everything about it. And then he sent me off to Joanne McLeod, who is uh, one of Canada's top coaches. And, you know, even in the world, she's, you know, raised many great kids out there. Um, and she helped me get all my triple jumps and really developed a foundation for, for my skating. And then I went to Brian Orser um, at the Toronto Cricket Skating and Curling Club. And he helped me get to a next level um, of my skating, um, along with Tracy Wilson, Ernest Prehika, um, and all those amazing coaches at the club. And then after that, I moved uh, to you guys um, with David Glenn, and uh, he helped San Jose. Hey, San Jose. <laughs> um, and he he helped me a lot um, in terms of you know finding motivation within myself, and I think when I first came to him that concept was so foreign to me because I grew up uh trying to get my stuff with with all the energy and the hype around me to to help me get going but with David because there was not a lot of a lot of skaters there other than other than you um it really made me just deep, dig deep down and try to bring that out uh within myself and to this day it's been so beneficial and and from many of the exercises that he has taught me, he really brought me back to the basics. And then after that, I moved to back to Toronto and I worked with Tracy Wayman and Gregor Filipowski in Richmond Hill and, and they helped me get back on my feet. Um, and I think I worked with them for just under a year. And then now I'm with my current coach, Robert Burke, um, who's pretty much done everything for me. Um, and, you know, I, I've been really enjoying uh, the work that we've been doing together. And after saying this out loud, I've jumped around so many times. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, I think like that's to answer like who did I take from? Yeah. In terms of consultation, I haven't really done too much of that. I've been also working with Elvis Stoiko. Um, he's now part of the team. Cool. And I think the only consultation that I'm doing now is actually with Doug Lee. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Doug Lee was... Brian Orser and Elvis Stoiko's coach when they were competing. So this guy's like pretty legendary. So I would say like, yeah, I've been doing some, a little bit of consulting with him. And uh, basically we're just trying to like, you know, find that confidence with the technique um, and all that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Well, just bouncing off of that, you grew up in a skating environment different than me a lot of the time, except for obviously when you came to San Jose. But what was that like competing in practice, essentially? Um, Just training with other top skaters, having this competitive environment. Me growing up in San Jose and skating in a rink where there weren't any top skaters except for myself, I didn't feel the need to be under adrenaline constantly. And then I also liked knowing that nobody knew what was going on with me. And the only time people heard or saw me was at a competition. But again, I'm one skater. I'm not everyone. So yeah, let's talk about your experience. Yeah. So, you know, as I said, the way that I grew up was very, you know, adrenaline based. Um, I could like pull things off uh, when I had a lot of adrenaline. And I think you know, that's, that's a double-edged sword right there. You know, it proves to, to be a great thing, but also, um, you know, when you're alone on the ice, sometimes it can be a struggle to be able to go through a practice session, but you know what, to talk about the benefits here, I think like, uh, for me, especially at the cricket club, training with Yuzu and Havi and, and all of the other top skaters that were there, um, it definitely proved to be a huge beneficial part in my career, just because I learned so much from them, especially from the two boys uh, that I mentioned. And uh, they really helped me, um, you know, find a way to be able to challenge myself to to get the the hard jumps done. Um, I remember when I first moved to Brian, I'd lost my triple axle because I was going through a growth spurt. And so I was like, not about that jump at all. And I was going back doing half turn cheats and all that. And I remember this one day when Yuzu just straight up pulls me aside and he's like, bruh, you got to do this, you got to do that and this, and you'll be able to get your act done. And, and then I did it, which was a huge surprise. Like I followed everything that he told me to do. Um, and then I was able to kind of get that jump back. And then Javi has given me so many, uh, you know, priceless pieces of advice uh, that I still carry um, with me to this day. And then just the energy that the coaches bring on a daily basis, you know, when you do not feel like doing a program, they will push you um, in a positive way, of course, and, and help you get, get your training made done. Now, the downside to training with, you know, a lot of adrenaline is there will be situations when you don't have adrenaline and you got to go through that. And I think that's where San Jose really helped me um, manage two sides of it. And as you said, there's pretty much nobody in San Jose other than you. And, you know, you and I have shared our, our uh, privatized sessions together or whatever we call that. And there were days for me when it was a real struggle because I was so used to relying on, you know, people to help me get going, but there was nobody there. So I had to find it within myself to, to, to get the job done. And now with those two, you know, situations under my belt, I'm, mm-hmm. I've been able to kind of like get through any training scenario, which is great you can't really rely on one aspect for your entire career. You got to be versatile in it. And and now at my current training environment, it, it's great. I've got, you know, the two situations happening from time to time and a healthy middle ground. Can't really ask for anything else. I really like what you said about that. I I feel like I really found when I was trying to come back from my injury, we actually talked about this a little bit when we went to that coffee shop yeah. um, at the start of this year, but I felt like I needed a little bit of a change um, to find that motivation to Mm -hmm. go to a spot Mm -hmm. where there are other skaters and they're ripping triples and quads like no big deal, which is hard when you're coming back 
to be pushing yourself to do that and only seeing, you know, little kids around you doing doubles, it, it's not the same motivation. Exactly. So yeah. I definitely yeah. felt for me that, um, you know, going to visit other rinks random yeah. weeks of the year would be right. really helpful for me um, to be able to get myself back into that environment because adrenaline is hard, but it's yeah. so necessary for the top level. It is. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you remember when we met? I I know that we were at Junior Grand Prix Mexico together, but I don't really yeah. feel like we like connected there at all. No, we we did not. I think the only thing that I remember from that event um, was that it was for hard the, for the both of us. <laughs> it was it was hard, yeah. But also like like my only interaction with you was that I had made I had said like a joke, which was clearly not funny, and really? you looked at me with such disgust, <laughs> and I was like oh, she's not about it. No way. But that was like the only interaction that we had in Mexico. That's And then funny. I think the next one was, um, Worlds, was right? in Saitama. Yeah, in, yeah. in Japan, Worlds. Um, and I think we like just, we passed by each other one time in the hallway and we said hi. And I think that was, that was it. But we really connected, I think. We, I remember talking to you like at the gala at Worlds. And that was the first time I like had a real impression of yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, sure. I think that's where we really like started talking. But the first two events, or especially Mexico, you didn't seem like a big fan of me. You gave me this like I didn't know you look with huge disgust, and I was like, "Wow, she's hardcore judging me right that's now." That's so funny. Abort mission abort. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. So your first impression <laughs> of me then was that I was judgy. Yeah. That, that's like the unfortunate first impression but you've like like we're good now we're good Damn. now we're good now <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad now you know me right yeah. cool well then what how did that impression shift when um we started hanging out and we were competing together um well I don't think it it changed because you were still judging me when we hung out because <laughs> you're so goofy that's why I gotta yeah, keep you exactly. on a straight line yeah you gotta keep me in check um, but I, the, the biggest thing that I remember from us hanging out was worlds in, in Shanghai. I think it was, um, you know, in, back in 2015 and we, we had, we were like, you know, we should, we should sneak out of the hotel and, and avoid, you know, the big mob that was in the lobby. Um, and, and don't get us wrong. Like we, we love interacting with, with the people, but it, it can get us tied up for a really long time. And then we end up missing whatever we were supposed to do. Totally. Uh, so we made a we made a run to the grocery store I think next to the hotel and got all these sorts of snacks and um yes kind of just we were making a lot of we were just making a lot of like inside jokes and whatnot but it, it was definitely a lot of fun for sure um and I think we were also with uh, Julianne Sagan former Canadian pair skater and then yeah uh we were with Gabby Daleman um so it, it was a great night just totally and, and all that stuff yeah I think we were up until like 3 a.m after the gala just in the gym or yeah. something I think yeah, I, I still yeah, have yeah. a video of Elaine Elaine Chartrand like on the <laughs> yoga ball she's like she set oh up three gosh. yoga balls in a row and just like dived on them and we were all like <laughs> that's the yeah, stupid no, stuff we definitely... do after we compete <laughs> yeah yeah that's so funny in, in case if, in case anybody was wondering that's what we do <laughs> Totally. My my perspective of you for sure when I first met you is that you were just this super goofy guy that was 
just wild in the way that you would say things and just like wait to hear yeah. the person's reaction like you you wanted to rile them and so of course i never wanted to give you that reaction but um i always knew that you had like this super raw talent so like i respected you a ton as an athlete <laughs> and then as my friend i was just like all right this kid thinks he can get away with whatever he wants and i'm gonna set him straight and oh, just man. so he knows yeah no that's what i appreciate about you appreciate about you you, you can be cutthroat sometimes <laughs> And that's what we that's what we need, man. Like like brutal honesty from time to time to keep us in check. So no, you definitely did a great job there. <laughs> Made for a beautiful friendship. What can I say? Exactly. That's funny. But yeah, so what what was your kind of first round on the senior Grand Prix and World Circuit? What was that like finally Ooh. breaking through kind of from being a junior into the senior? Cause I know when I yeah. when I like broke through, obviously it was a crazy time for all these different reasons but ultimately what I thought was the weirdest was looking up to all of these skaters who were my mm -hmm. idols you know and then all of a sudden yeah. being in a locker room with them and them knowing who I yeah. was I wasn't just right. like a young skater fan anymore I was right there next to them and so that kind of yeah. flip was it was crazy but it was so cool because right. of the reception like I feel like most mm -hmm. skaters they they really respect like what each other's doing and I never felt like I was being looked down on as why is she here she should be in the junior rank still like mm -hmm. I felt yeah for good. sure that was not really the case for me I like my first year like as a full senior skater I straight up thought nobody like knew who I was or even cared about me the only thing that I remembered um about my first year was the size of the crowd Mm -hmm. um it was a, it's a huge difference from, from juniors because nobody watches junior grand prix or, or even junior worlds and so i think that was like my biggest motivation that year was to just work the audience um i'm the type of skater that kind of like you know relies on their energy mm -hmm. and so that's kind of why i felt like you know my senior grand prix performances were a lot better than my junior grand prix performances and that's because you know there were a lot of people watching and i felt like I, it felt like I was in pushed to a corner and I needed to really just bring it all out of me to, to, to give the people what they wanted. Um, and then, you know, as you know, time goes by, that's when I started to realize, oh, wow, like these like super famous skaters that I've looked up to my entire life, they knew who I was. And like, I was like, so in awe of that and definitely had to like, hold back my energy around them couldn't be like you know the typical jokester that I was uh just because you know it's seniority and all that but no I, I I definitely had um a great first couple of years um on the senior Grand Prix and and in, even worlds too you know like my first year which was 2014 um as you know we talked about in Japan and uh I think this Japanese audience the size of that crowd was just impeccable like you could like see like the audience members at the top of the building um just watching down and i just remember thinking that this is so incredible and i want to keep doing this for as long as i can you know compete on the biggest stage in the world um of this sport and and, and just do my best really um and it's still that feeling is still going strong to this day yeah no that that feeling is addictive for sure for 
any athlete I feel like but yeah. also yeah specifically for figure skaters I remember the jump from being in that like junior grand prix competition vibe and then when I had made the final still as a junior it was in the same rank as the seniors so yeah. getting that like completely different experience with the bright right. lights and all of the fans and all of the media it it's drastic and once you experience it once like you you can't go back and it's all you want to do you can never go back yeah um another thing i wanted to add was my first senior grand prix was in uh was in chicago and these are just like one of the little things that i'll always remember is that um when we had landed into you know at the airport there was a limo that picked us up from the airport to that took us to the hotel and i was just like bro this is so cool they sent a limo and inside this limo they had this sick light <laughs> i was like all about this and then i think from there that was like a clear turning point even though it was such a small moment for many others but for me it was huge and i was like this is something that i, I want to experience and it's like you know um it's just like they care about you like the organizing community the volunteers they really put in the care and i'm not saying like in the junior grand prix they don't care but it's just it's like a big difference it may be different yeah it may be different now for these junior kids but back then there wasn't really a lot of things going for for us um yeah and so uh you know that when i jumped from junior to senior it was like all these new crazy things and i, and I loved every little bit of it yeah, I think that's like what makes the biggest difference for um, skaters who are competing, I guess, at the top internationally. It's it's not just about going there to compete. All of those little things make such a difference. And when we have our like one week mm -hmm. and all of the memories in it, when an event is so well organized and the people you can just tell are so nice and happy to be there and excited to greet us yeah. like that, that makes the atmosphere yep. of the event just so much more. It goes totally. a long way. Like, yeah, like you, it, you'd be surprised at how, at how far like these little things can, can go. And I think it, it just made me feel so good about everything. And I think that's why I was able to perform really well my first couple of years is because I got to experience all of that. Um, so definitely a huge plus. Yeah. All right. What was your biggest victory and what was your biggest disappointment? <laughs> Ah, uh, victories. Well, I'm, if you if we're talking about like the competition sense, I would say like you know, uh, this this last Skate Canada, uh, 2019 Skate Canada in Kelowna, British Columbia. Um, I mean, you know, you get the home crowd advantage there, and um, for me, that entire week was just a dream come true. All of my practices went really well. We were so organized, so committed, and then um, the only time that I think. Felt, I felt a little bit under was the fact that I drew after Yuzu for the free program and as everybody knows when you skate after Yuzu you have to deal with all the Winnie the Poohs that come flying <laughs> down onto the ice and um, you know it's, a, it's part of the experience right but um, I, I held it together um, you know while waiting for like in the back and back for like 45 minutes but once I got out there like the reception from the crowd was just it was, it was unreal. Like I could feel the energy running through my body, like the vibrations. And, you know, I think from there, it was just like, I had a job to do, put out a performance that everybody will enjoy. And mm -hmm. I think that's what I did and was able to get my second Grand Prix medal uh, in my career. Let's so go. I think Snaps for me, for yeah. 
<laughs> and I think for me, that would be my biggest victory. Um, and then in terms of disappointment, I mean, there's been many disappointments. Uh, but I think I would have to say the two times that I did not make it past the short program at World Championships. So the first one would be in 2016 in Boston, and then the second would be 2018 in uh, Milan, Italy. And I think the bigger disappointment would be 2018 Milan, just because um, I didn't make it to the Olympic team that year. I was really close to it, but uh didn't make it anyways and then uh Patrick I think retired after the Olympics and so that spot the world spot was given to me and so I felt like I needed to kind of step up to the plate and and really do a good job but unfortunately things went south and um I think that kind of hurt a lot it hurt way more than uh than 2016 but you know it's all part of the experience you learn from them and you just try to keep moving forward it's all growth it's all growth yeah. What was yeah. kind of the catalyst moment that transformed skating for you? Is there a moment? There, yeah, there is. It, it was actually right after that World Championships in 2018. And I think that's when I started to, that's actually when I decided to take care of myself. Um, so that year was like a huge developmental year for me, not just on the ice, but off the ice. Um, you know, as, as most skaters, our parents support us uh, financially and otherlies <laughs> um, <laughs> for our career. Uh, but after the world, after world in 2018, that's when I really decided to, you know, because <clears throat> I had the option of either quitting or pushing forward. Now, mm -hmm. I didn't want to quit with my last event not being, you know, not being the greatest. And so I thought, you know, why not give this one more year? So I told my parents that, and then they were like, you know what, you can do that. However, we're not going to um, financially support you anymore just because the sport is so expensive. And I was like, you know what, fine. Um, I'm going to look for a job and I'm going to try to support myself the best I can. And I think mm -hmm. that first year doing so, it was definitely a huge learning experience, but I received a lot of help from my team around me. And um, I started coaching and I found out a lot of things of myself that I didn't know and also the sport as a whole it's it shaped me to who I am today and I've, I'm now enjoying the sport it, it doesn't feel like I'm doing it for somebody else I'm doing it for myself which that which that concept has been stressed to me for so long but I never really processed it you know because I never understood how how how, how deep the sport can be and now that I'm paying it from my own money, it's like, wow, every little thing matters. Everything that I do is like for the sport. Um, so, so I think that was like a huge transformation for me. And then from there, it was kind of like, you know, just mm -hmm. looking forward and not really turning back. That's great. Yeah. I mean, you can totally see it in your skating now. Um, I feel like mm -hmm. This comes with age, of course, but I also feel like it really comes from yeah. those transformation moments. Um, a lot of artistry is really developed in that mind change. And I feel like, yeah. at least when I have lost seen you skate, um, especially when you came to yeah. San Jose for that week earlier this year and you were mm -hmm. skating yeah. your programs, you totally know how to you know, perform to the last edge of the crowd is what they always tell us, right? Yeah. And I, I can definitely right. see that. So. Do you think that, you know, that has helped you? I found that 
now that I'm doing this for myself, I've, I'm a lot more creative than I thought I would be. My first year doing things on my own, I had my, I had a program choreographed by Tracy Robertson and Kurt Browning. And, and that experience was unreal. But there was this one thing that I noticed and it was that I was offering stuff to the table, which I never mm. usually do just because I am so used to just following instructions and, and the things that, you know, the people tell me to do. But for some reason, like that year, I started to really be creative and kind of just wanted to add little bits and pieces of art to my program. But I think that whole concept really came through this last year actually with the Beatles program and I it sounds so weird but it's just like now that I feel like I'm doing all of this for myself this gives me the freedom to do whatever I want and that's I think where the creativity comes out mm -hmm. um, and now like it's even more evident for this season if there is a season anyways but my programs this season is a little bit more emotional I, I care so much about you know the 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 performance aspects of it and not so much the jumps which before was a huge would be a huge concern mm -hmm. but it's my it's my sport it's like it's my own thing now right. I can like focus on whatever I want right and it's my responsibility it's nobody else's responsibility yeah well and it's it's the whole package though right what my coach would always tell me when I was younger is it's not figure jumping it's figure skating right so yes. it's it's yeah. that whole package that really is what identifies the best skaters you know mm -hmm, and I, exactly. that's really awesome that you kind of have figured that out and you don't have to worry about the jumps to have a good performance no. that's yeah key absolutely. really yeah yeah cool well, let's talk a little bit about stories just some fun you know little tidbits we talked a little bit about us sneaking out of the side of the hotel because of fans when we were at worlds yeah. um yeah, so I think one story that comes to mind, and I, we did we talked about this last night, Polina. It was was our prom. Yes. <laughs> uh, so this was back in I think 2016, and I was and I did a team event in Spokane, Washington. Uh, it was the Team Challenge Cup or whatever it was, and during that week, we I don't know how you came up into our conversation, but somebody was like, "Damn, you should ask Paulina out on." It, as your prom date and I was like no way because I was like that for me was I was so shy back then and I was like I didn't really want to bring a lot of attention to myself in that way but and then the, and then they were like no, fun. people are gonna love it and, and she'll, she'll most likely say yes and then I was like okay you are fine we'll do it but we only do it if I skate my free program well and so I made them make two signs. Uh, one sign was, will you go to prom with me, Pauline? And the other sign was just go team North America in case I skated like crap, which I did. So you didn't even make me my own sign. No, you gotta, you gotta give, you gotta give the credit <laughs> to uh, Gracie Gold and Ashley Wagner. They were the ones that made that sign really pretty. Love them. <laughs> Some big sisters right there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, I skated like garbage at that event. I ended up last place in my like individual events, but the team somehow won. So like, hey yo, that's um, okay. <laughs> Love that. Congrats. <laughs> um, but when I <laughs> thank you, when I got off the ice for my free program, I saw the sign sitting in the in the kiss and cry, and and I knew all eyes were on me, waiting for my decision, and I was like. <sighs> you know what, let's just do it. So 
picked up this prom sign and held it up to the camera and then you know it all just went from there and then next thing you know i get like a yes from you and then it was like twitter was going off and it, it was a fun experience that was so um, fun i remember i remember yeah. i was watching the event live like on tv and i was with oh yeah both my mom and um tanya my best friend you know tanya okay. yes yes so yeah, we were yeah. sitting together and we were watching um and we were just like having like this spread of like lunch or something like we were just hanging out in my house and it was on and then like all of a sudden i'm my twitter's like exploding and i'm like wait i gotta pay attention to what's happening right now and i'm watching it on tv and i'm like what and it was but it was awesome like i was literally like shocked but like in a, in the best way possible where i was like no way and i was laughing because no, i was course. like of course like i love nam like this is so great and so of course when i responded yeah. yes i got like a thousand tweets right off the bat and then everyone thought we were dating which yes. we weren't we were just best friends yeah. but like it was so fun like no. yeah of course yeah. so it was, it was really it was a really neat experience to, to kind of just go through that whole thing the biggest downside was it never happened I know um, we're gonna I, make it happen one day yeah <laughs> so I had just I had just moved to California right after that event right and so we were I'm I was still like transitioning between the two places and you know what it just never happened I was there for the stars nights because we had planned it to do it at the after party for from the San Jose show. Uh, Why didn't you unfortunately, come? it just never came. Oh, man, I know you missed I, out. I feel so bad. <laughs> I know. I saw the pictures afterwards and I was like, oh my God, I totally missed out on a great night. But man, as you said, we will okay. make it happen in the future. Totally. <laughs> it was it was such a bummer because I actually was a hundred percent down to take you to my high school prom. It it was gonna be really fun. Yeah. But stars and mm -hmm. ice literally had the same show night in anaheim and i tried yeah. to get out of it so bad yeah. and they wouldn't let me and i was like All i right. know i felt so bad yeah but that's okay you know but one okay. day we'll, we'll get it done in the future yeah one day absolutely. we will have our prom and everyone will be able to see the photos <laughs> <laughs> so funny yeah do you have any um crazy fan stories i have a funny one when i was actually at stars on ice um i think i was in portland i left the hotel and i was 15 and I was by myself on this tour and we had a few hours before we were going to get on the bus and go to the ice rink. So I decided to walk out and try to find a cafe or something like that. And as soon as I walk out, there was this fan who was waiting outside of the hotel, which I didn't know at the time. So to me, it was like, this man is following me and he knows my name. It like really freaked me out, but he was following me and he was like, Paulina, Paulina. And I like, turn around and I have no idea what to do because I'm like really freaked out I'm 15 by myself in a city without anybody around and I was like it was also like a it was not a main part of the city it was just like random buildings and everything was gray and there was no people around us and I just like walked right back into the hotel and I was like I don't know who that is, even though he was asking me who Polly, like if I was Paulina. And I was like, I sat in my hotel room for a few hours, just like sketched out. And then we mm -hmm. left a few hours later onto the bus and Stars and Ice people told us, they were like, hey, there's a few fans out there with signatures. You guys can stop if you want to. Um, you totally don't have to. Like if you just want to get on the bus, that's fine. So like most of the skaters were getting on the bus because we, we didn't have a lot of time to stop and sign autographs. It wasn't like a, we don't want to see the fans thing, but it was just, mm -hmm. yeah, we were short on schedule. And so I walked right onto the bus and I saw that same man who was following me earlier and he had like 
pictures in his hand that he wanted to sign. And then I Ooh. felt so bad that I just like right. got freaked out and I didn't, you know, actually interact with him and see what he wanted. But, you know, if it were a different scenario, yeah. like I'm glad I just ran back to the hotel. But no, that's sure. definitely my funny fan story. For me, again, from the same tour last year, I did, um, I did this uh, program or we did the boys number. I think it was like the Backstreet Boys or something. And Kurt and I, uh, well, I should probably let you say this, that before the show, I was like, I'm going to give up my number to somebody. And, and so I was like, Kurt, you want to be my wingman? And he's like, okay. And so I wrote my number down on a, on a piece of paper and waited for the boys number and we're out there and we're just chilling. So um, the boys number was like, kind of like, you know, whoever was doing the actual performance was out in the middle. And then whoever was just chilling would be chilling in like the back part of the ice, like where people can still see and we're just vibing or whatever. And so I was like, Kurt, I think now's the time to do it. So Kurt's like, okay. So then we, we go and, and I find this and I, and I find this person and I'm like, okay, I'm going to give her my number. <laughs> and so I'm like, Kurt, all right, come with me. So he's like, all right, let's go. So he starts shaking hands to, to these fans while I go up to her and I'm like, here you go. And she's like, she was so shocked because I, I mean, anybody would be shocked because like nobody ever thinks of doing that, of giving out their number. And so I gave my number and I like just ran because like I was so embarrassed and like so flustered with what I did. I like my face was glowing red. What? And then Kurt, you didn't even play. No, it cool? I was like so nervous about it the entire Man. time. I know I messed it up. Okay. I totally messed up that interaction. I just gave him my number and I like immediately did. Um, and then, you know, after the show, I kind of didn't really expect her to text me, but she did. And then when she texted me, like I lost my mind. I was running around the whole building. I was all excited because like oh my, my last minute plan had worked and it was, it was definitely a funny experience for sure. But, um, yeah, the way I delivered it was not, was not the greatest. We'll work on that next time. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you let us know, uh your game you really sound like the ladies man that everybody <laughs> thinks you are <laughs> oh that's <laughs> we'll move on we'll move on you know what okay so i like to post a lot about mm -hmm. what i'm doing in yes. my day-to-day -day life and that's just mm -hmm. me going out for lunch or dinner with friends. right me too same now the thing is i have a lot of female friends because there's not a lot of male skaters, okay? True. So, yeah. I mean, most, like, you know, we're just friends. Nothing more and definitely nothing more than what these fans think, okay? Fans. Now, fans like to take it to another level, for sure. They, they do, they do. And I don't blame them, okay? But there, there is a certain extent that you gotta, like, relax to. All right, and I will bring a specific example because why not? Go for it. Yeah. So when Evgenia was with Evgenia Medvedeva, mm -hmm. okay, when she was in Toronto training uh, with Brian at the cricket club, um, she and I would occasionally go out for lunch or dinner as friends, okay, and you know we just have a great time, and I would show her around the city, and we would just vibe and all that, and of course I post about it just because that's what I do now. Mm -hmm. Um, if it was any other girl, nobody would, would say anything. But because it's Genya, I, I, I have a lot of people come into my DMs and, and, and most of them, or some of them were like, hey, that's so cool that you're hanging out with her and, and being friends with her. And like, that's awesome. Now, 
the majority of the people that were in my DMs attacked me. Uh, they attacked me because they thought I was dating Evgenia and that's not the case. Okay. She, she, she's a good friend of mine and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and nothing more to it really. But, you know, some of these fans really like to take things to the next level and, and blow it out of proportion and, and start mm -hmm. assuming things. But it went to a point where they started using like derogatory language towards me oh, and like kind of just stuff that was really unacceptable but it really did hurt no yeah. it's straight up like hurting me and I, I can i can handle a lot of criticism that you know the skating fan can can dish out towards me but when you start coming after me in, in, on a personal level just because you think that i'm dating the person that you want to date it's like just relax and then also to like you know, I said that I wanted to talk about this, um, you know, with, with you today. And it's that, of course, you know, as skaters and such, we're, we're expected to treat fans, you know, with, with respect. And, and of course we do, you know, we appreciate everything that they've, that they do for us. They, they support us, you know, to, to the world's end and, Absolutely. and, and really, you know, make us the skaters that we are today, uh, which is great. Now, the thing that I have an ick with is the fans that just treat us like objects. Yeah. And, you know, some will say that it's my fault for venturing onto Twitter and then, you know, trying to find it. But most of this is already being poured onto my timeline so I can see it anyways, regardless. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that are being said, not just about me, but to a lot, to every skater in the world is borderline like, not fun like you're treating us like objects we're human beings and we're really and we're going through hours of training and of course we all have our weaknesses but if you're going to use that and try to like you know um you know hurt us like that's that's not a vibe that i support now is it going to change no am i going to get criticism because of what i just said absolutely <laughs> we get criticism with everything yeah 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 yeah. and i just think that you know fans they 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 some of them need to understand where we're coming from. Um, and I feel like that bit is overlooked a lot. Um, Absolutely. They're free to say whatever they yeah. want. I mean, like, I can't, you can't stop them from that. But like, take an extra second, take a beat, think about what it can do to the athlete, right? We may not interact with it, but we, we can see it, we read it, right? And, and that plays a lot. And actually, it did play a lot with me back in. Yeah right after 2015. So 2016, 2017, I, I, I made the mistake of, of reading whatever was being posted online. And yes, that is my fault. Um, and, and the things that I found up there was, you know, it was hurtful, but the way they were saying it was just not, was not cool. So. No, I, I totally agree. There's a lot of moments where people, you know, they stop viewing us as human beings, as people, mm -hmm. and there were only yeah. skaters. They actually are extremely interested in our outside skating lives, our personal lives and everything that we do, but they also feel like yeah. they have a say in it right. and they um, can critique it how they yeah. please without any repercussions, without, mm -hmm. you know, us potentially yes. seeing it and then feeling really hurt or yeah. second guessing and then that could mess with our minds, you know, there's some... There's definitely a lot of athletes and just, mm -hmm. I guess, more celebrity-like people out there who do not, you know, engage with social media or try to engage with fans because of that fear of getting yeah. 
the bad DMs, the bad comments. You know, we can read 30 compliments and then one bad one yeah. is going to stick with us. It's not the 30 compliments. Of course. Yeah. Which is something that everyone kind of needs to learn to kind of yeah. deal with and just, yeah. you know, brush it away. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I remember specifically also 2018 U.S. Yeah. Nationals. That was pretty much our Olympic trials. Yep. That was me going to college and also trying to make a comeback with my foot injury. And so I had so many different factors affecting my skating. But yep. ultimately, the biggest thing was me like trying to adjust to my new body, you know, mm-hmm. growing so much during that off period. And then yep. having such a short amount of time to regroup and get back my competitive form um and it just ended up not being enough time for me but of course that's not how people like to view it i had a lot of tweets and comments at me that were saying things like polina if she ends up on the podium like she's going to be holding a red solo cup or watch polina walk out of this frat house onto the podium and so when i I like saw that of course i'm just like well actually that would be really cool like somebody throw me a red solo cup if I'm on that podium. Like I will catch it. Hell yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like, that's not at all, you know, my reason for my performance. Like I'm working so hard and I'm like mentally struggling so much, physically struggling so much for this sport that you love to watch. And here you are tearing me down um, and not viewing me as human. And I think that's just, it's definitely a problem. And I think there can be, um, stuff to work on on both sides like for us you know not taking things personally not I saw a quote actually the other day that said never listen to someone you wouldn't seek advice from and I think that's something really Mm -hmm. important to remember because when we do see those negative comments like they stick with us but at the same time like do you care about what they have to say they they aren't experts in our craft they don't know who we are like Mm -hmm. it's not worth you know sticking on it but the same time i think it's great you know to have you bring this up and for us to talk about it i think there needs to be way more transparency in our sport um and that's actually something yeah. i've been getting a yeah. lot of comments on i've been getting a lot of moms and other skaters dming me and like they love the transparency and they love just that brash mm-hmm. honesty that you yeah. and i are talking about right now and i think yeah. that's kind of what we can do to start right. shifting the sport into a better one for us as athletes yeah the last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to put you in hot seat right now. All so these right. are some questions from Instagram and Twitter. Um, oh, you yikes. can answer any of them that you want. We're going to go rapid fire right now. Okay. You don't need to go into big detail or anything. Um, answer yeah. what you want. All okay. right. First question. What sport would you choose if you were in the Summer Olympics to compete in? Mm, ooh, track. I don't really know too much about it. just just running. Just running. <laughs> Love that. You're fast. Yeah. Speed. I am speed. Love it. I am speed. <laughs> okay. Is there anything you would change in our judging system? Uh, so that's a loaded <laughs> question. It's not really right. That is fire. so loaded. Oh my <laughs> okay, god. Okay, choose one thing. Choose one thing. Um, okay, I would say like there has to be some sort of consistency with the tech panel. Agreed. Um, that's all. That's all that I will say. Uh, because as everybody knows, the tech panel can be a little bit inconsistent with in the same event. Like for example, men's bike, they could do they could slash one skater, and then the same skater will do the same element, and it's like still the same, you know, under rotation or whatever. But they'll give that to yeah. them. So I would love for the tech panel to be a little bit more consistent um, and a little bit more fair. Totally. But love yeah, sport politics it's great a lot of things to be changed <laughs> okay <laughs> oh, well. 
Um, what sport discipline is your favorite to watch, both like either winter or summer? Oh, hockey and basketball. Fire. I like those. Yeah. That's like those two, I feel like have just so much energy. There's they're always moving. They're so dynamic. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like right now, now it's so much energy because a lot of people are paying attention because there's nothing else happening. Right. So, yeah. Who are your close friends in figure skating? Uh, you, Keegan, yes. and Kaylin Osmond, Aaron Chaplin, and that's it. What's the favorite program that you've ever done? Either be La La Land from two years ago or last year's free program, which is to the Beatles medley. What's your main motivator every morning? My dog. My dog Aww, is that's cute. the reason why I get up. Do you plan to leave skating to become a food blogger? I never really thought about it, but I noticed that I've been posting a lot about what I eat. And maybe, I mean, I've developed a serious interest for food. Um, You'd be a food so pick, I might, you know? I know. Yeah. So I, I'm, I think I'm going to think about like venturing into that world and, and see what that's like. That'd be cool. I support yeah. it. If you, uh, if you get two people to be able to go to the restaurant, you know, sign me up to be yeah, a plus one. Exactly. Come down. Yeah. Who's your favorite skater and why? It would be Javier Fernandez and Kurt Browning. Uh, those two have really kind of changed the sport and, and their performance is just incredible it's so inspiring it, it always gets me emotional um especially with Javi just because I've I've trained with him for for a number of years and so I was able to kind of see his entire process and his evolution as a skater and um I think his last event which was Europeans in 2019 um and he won that and I think that was just like a like a textbook ending for to his career he he has inspired me um to to become uh, a a great performer and, and same with Kurt too. Cool. Amazing. What other activities do you do outside of skating? Lay in bed, watch Netflix. And if I'm feeling it, then I'll like go out with friends and go get food and try some new stuff out. But yeah, really not too much. Lame. I know. Some hobbies. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think, <laughs> but it was worse in Cal when I trained with you guys in California. Like, I did not do anything. Even Dude, I know. I, I honestly, like... when I look back on it, I feel pretty bad because I feel like we could have done like so much. I'm going but... to expose you right now. You never invited me to anything. Oh, okay. To be fair, it's out there, folks. It's out there. To be fair, I had just started college when he moved, and I was living that in is a true. dorm. And that I was true. figuring out like kind of my yeah. life individually outside of skating. And yeah, I didn't have to experience it. Yeah. Right. And I also like didn't really know um, the scope of my school yet. So I couldn't really just bring mm -hmm. guests like left and yeah. right and be like, yeah, like come to this with me just because I, I like was lost. No, of course. No, no, no. I totally but, understand. <laughs> but I do when I think about it now, like I wish that we had hung out like a lot more because um, mm -hmm we just always have such a good time together so i do remember picking you up once and taking you to get boba with me and then we went to my favorite boba place no, i think that, that was our first time that was our first time um hanging out okay yeah probably and i but i took you to my favorite yeah. boba place and you tasted it and you were like eh, it's all right and i was yeah, like so offended dude i love boba i actually don't drink it anymore because it's too sweet for me and i i've changed to being a coffee addict <sighs> but Hey. yeah I remember like I was like okay I just won't invite you anymore <laughs> that's what happened 
I was like, whatever, Nan. Should, should have lied. Maybe I would have been able to be part of the Cool Kids Club. I'm kidding. Well, I did take you. I remember we went to Christian Maguchi's Always Dream Foundation together, and I took you as my that plus one, which was so fun. Yeah, we saw, like, so many skaters. I remember you and I, we were, like, waiting in line, and the president of U.S. Figure Skating came up behind us and was like, hey, guys, and we both were like, Mm, hello like we were so shook it was so funny but we also went sure. at like midnight to Garadelli Square after which oh, I remember because yeah. I love ice cream sundays so yeah no I I miss San Francisco that was a really that was a yeah. fun event come I, back and I will hang out with you this time I promise we did hang out actually the one day we did hang out my last day in Cali when <laughs> earlier this year but it was it was fun no but I do definitely plan on on coming yeah that was fun for sure what do you think about the quad axle I think it's doable. I actually straight up think that it is doable. Uh, for me, no, my triple axle is not close to being able to do a quad, but there are a couple of dudes out there that seem like they're able to do it. I mean, first and foremost being Yuzu. I've actually seen it in person. It, he wasn't landing it, but like it was dangerously good. I think Shoma could probably pull it off, but he, he jumps a little bit more far rather than higher up um but yeah i think it's gonna it's gonna happen for sure cool that's awesome thoughts on you Kim? oh i love her so Same. much she's the um, best. yeah so actually this season i have just started really like watching her skate i didn't really appreciate until now about like all the small things that she does and she is such a elegant performer um and actually my short program is is to adios noninos and it's the same one that she used for 2014 olympics um and i'm ready to you know bring on the the hate from her fans and all that and they're going to draw comparisons and whatever do it but obviously i'm going to try to make it my own but my thoughts on unikim is like nothing but positive and just great respect and admiration yeah she's such an icon i always looked up to her when i was growing up with her technique that triple, let's triple toe, yeah. bam. I would watch that on YouTube over and over. Like, it was, yeah. that was... I actually watched that. Yeah, I, I've been watching her her technique a lot these last few weeks because we're we're trying to do a little bit of a change to my technique and, and all that. And, and Unikim has been the forefront yeah. of my inspiration. Well, it's cool because you have, like, you know, the same long lines that she does. So, obviously, her mm-hmm. kind of technique is going to be working for you. That'd be really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of Aturi? Coach Aturi from Russia. I will say that I do respect her work. There's no doubt that what she does has made an incredible impact on our skating world. I mean, you've seen what she did with Aginia, with mm-hmm. with Alina, with uh, you know, the the other, you know, younger skaters that are now doing quads and and in Kostranaya too. But there have been, you know, a lot of talk on social media. Now, this is now, for, for those of you listening, please know that this is not from my own opinion, but this is just from what I've been reading on the internet. And some of the things that she does can is a little bit questionable. It's a, it's a different world over there in Russia. For it, sure. it is a different for world. Sure. Like, Their would system I ever, is so different. Yeah, like, would I ever work with her? No. I, <laughs> I'm too scared to, to venture into that to that spectrum. But, um, yeah, no. Like, from, from a distance, she's done some great work. For sure. Have you ever touched Yuzi's waist? And how was the waist? 
I have touched his waist. Um, although that question, I don't even know what that so, means. Yeah, by so this the way. question is actually more for Roman Sadovsky, um, another Canadian figure skater, this year's uh, national champion, and he made it a big deal <laughs> about touching Yuzu's waist because I guess he meddled that. That's so yeah, random. he meddled that Autumn Classic with Yuzu, and I guess that was a huge thing. Um, and then now they're asking me, but yeah, I touched his waist. It's it's a waste. I don't know what you want me to tell you. It's I a mean, waste. Um, Interesting. I guess somebody has a king. May, maybe. I, I, you know what? We're not judging here. We, we fully support whatever you're into, but that's my answer. It's full respect. It's, yeah. it's chill. You know, it's just uh, whatever. <laughs> How do you like training with Roman? I do like training with Roman. It's definitely been motivating. Um, I did train with him, you know, my first two few months coming back into skating after COVID. He's he's doing a lot of great work, and it definitely makes me feel like I need to push myself to become a better skater. And I think that's such an it's a, it's very natural, right? When you can when you train with your competitors, um, you always want to try to one up them. Um, doesn't matter if it's like you know coming back from COVID or setting yourself up for for an event. You always want to be at your best, right? Um, yeah, no, he's a great dude. Love hanging out with him. So yeah, cool. What's your most embarrassing moment in training? I don't think I do. I think mine would for sure be like face planning when I tried to oh. step on the ice with my guards on. And yeah, that's never happened to yeah. me. <laughs> okay. That was when yeah. I was younger. Yeah. Sure. That was like yeah. little Paul. So it's fine. All right, cool. Well, I think that this episode <laughs> has been full of great stories and great topics covered thank you so much you. nam for coming on absolutely and talking yeah, to me no, today that was awesome yeah thank you so much for having me it was a lot of fun well i hope you all enjoyed this podcast please let me know what you think follow me on my social media instagram where i'm promoting this my username is at paulina edmonds and keep sending me topics that you guys want me to cover or people that you want me to interview i love talking to all my skating friends so doors open talk to you guys next week Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.